had to escape into my shed to finish off this episode, which is now a three-parter, because it was suddenly becoming like Burke Street in the house. People were coming home when I was just finishing off an episode. Uh, so this is part three, and what I was about to say before I was rudely interrupted uh, was um, this narrator of this book, a book I'm really enjoying, um, he puts on different voices when he's talking about different people in the book or when he's quoting different types of people in the book. All right. Now, okay, so he uses his awestruck book when he's quoting Indigenous Australians, for example. He uses his respectful voice, if I could call it that, when he's talking about academics and activists. Um, and he uses... A mocking tone when he speaks about people who oppose activists, for example. And I'm not that keen on the different voices. You know, I, I, I would say just read it straight. You know, if you're a narrator reading an audio book, just read it straight. You know. Um, now, so he's he's um, he's trying to show. Uh, he's trying. Well, he's making out. He's making academics. You know, let's say there's a debate between academics, a debate or a fight between academics and politicians, right-wing politicians on the one hand, and, you know, big fat lefties, activists like myself, on the other side. So when he's quoting the arguments for this side over here, the big fat lefties, he makes them sound reasonable people, makes them sound like reasonable people. And um, when he then uh, quotes these guys over here, he makes them sound like um, fascist fools. Just in the way, you know, he, he makes them sound like your worst uncle. You know, those, you know, those, um, those sorts of uncles you've got. Um, uh, I've got them. <laughs> Who say to you... Um, well, the thing you have to remember, son, it's pretty strange when you're in your 50s. But I've got uncles, yeah. Um, well, my grandfather actually said this to me once, you know. The thing you have to understand, son. I love my grandfather, by the way. Uh, well, if you want to understand labour, uh, what you have to understand is they're all commies. End of discussion. And off he'd go to do his gardening. And I'd be left sitting there, ah, oh, you know, oh, Grandpa. <laughs> I didn't call him Grandpa, but I don't want to. But, um, you know, do I get to sort of um, say anything in reply? Oh, nope. I've said what I need to say. <laughs> yeah, that voice there, that's what, that's the voice the narrator uh, uses when he's talking about people who oppose activists. Nope. No, this is what I think, and that's the end of it. You know, he uses something like a voice like that and makes them out to be unreasonable. So he makes archaeologists and academics and all those sorts of people come across as reasonable. They always speak in a reasonable tone. But he's reading stuff that they've written in an article, and he puts, he gives them a voice that makes them sound reasonable because they're academics, you know. And, um, and then when he's reading... Um, uh, articles from people who are opposing those academics, the bad guys, he makes them out, he gives them a tone of voice that makes them out to be idiots, you know, uh, pompous old fools, you know, 
Um, now, here's the thing. When he's reading stuff that he's, uh, that's, you know, that's quoting Indigenous Australians, um, his tone is you know, pretty much always um, something like reverential. Okay? Um, so he makes out archaeologists and academics and activists out to be reasonable people. He makes out um, bloody right-wingers to be unreasonable people, just in the tone of his voice. Uh, all I'm talking about is tone of voice here. I don't. I like the book. <laughs> I just don't like the narrator, that's all. Um, uh, but with Indigenous people, he has um, a reverential tone. Um, and what, and um, the, he has a tone of voice that's telling us that uh, these people are the holders of secrets that, um, and comprehension about this land that, um, that we can only hope that one day we will understand and comprehend because it's way above us, near Westerners. All right, that's probably true, you know. Um, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve too. Yeah, that might be, you know, kind of awe-inspiring as well, <laughs> like carbon dating, <laughs> luminescence. <laughs> F A eighteen Hornet fighter jets, <laughs> um, which aren't good things. But then boomerangs are all about killing too, aren't they? And so you know, the F A eighteen Hornet stacks up fairly well against a boomerang as a killing machine. <laughs> Look, we've got some more inspiring things. They've got some more inspiring things. But here's where I think um, I felt a little bit uncomfortable um, as I was listening to this narrator of the book uh, Deep Time Dreaming, um, reading quotes from archaeologists, activists, uh, right-wing liberal politicians, you know, um, and Indigenous Australians who, um, uh, who strike him down with awe at how amazing they are. Um, he tends to read out the qu uh, quotes, the speaking of Indigenous people in the Indigenous voice. Uh, now, if you, uh, there is an indigenous voice. <laughs> G'day, mate. You know, it's actually not a bad voice. Um, but what? Um, not all indigenous people speak the same. Not all uh, we Aussies don't all speak the same. <laughs> I don't even speak like this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm probably putting on a bit of a fake voice for. Uh, I don't even know how I speak. You know, I speak differently in different circles. I don't know. Um, anyway. Um, he is trying to be absolutely reverential when it comes to whenever he's quoting Indigenous Australians, and uh, and uh, but unfortunately, I think uh, he, when he's reading anything written by an Indigenous person or said by an Indigenous person that's in the book that he's reading, because he's just the narrator, remember. He tends to put on an indigenous voice, and I, unless he's indigenous, which he could be, by the way, I haven't checked. But let's imagine he's a Euro like me. 
I wouldn't be doing that because um, it doesn't sound right. Like if I can put my Black Lives Matter hat on, and I have got such a hat somewhere in here. Um, if I could put my Black Lives Matter hat on, you know, um, it just makes me a little bit uncomfortable. A, uh, a European style narrator, and he, I hope he is. Look, if he's an indigenous bloke, then all right, get out of jail. <laughs> yeah, as quick as you can, you know, because it's pretty dangerous in there for an indigenous person. Um, and, and that's actually a fact, you know. Um, sounded like a, a very poor taste joke, but actually it's true. It's actually a pretty dangerous place to be. If you're Indigenous Australian, in a prison, all right, or in a lockup overnight, you might not get out of there alive. Um, and that's a fact. The stats uh, say that. Uh, all right, now, um, but he comes across as um, a little bit like Kevin Bloody Wilson taking off an indigenous accent. You know, Kevin Bloody Wilson does that. Um, he's got that song, um, came down from Micathara in a burnout blue FJ, you know, and he puts a, even I can't do the indigenous accent, but Kevin Bloody Wilson can. And, and this narrator, he's just on the verge of coming across like that a little bit. And I'd sort of say to him, don't, you know, I know you're trying to be a good narrator is what I'd be thinking. Um, so you're trying to put on different voices for different people. I don't think it works. Just read it straight. Um, but especially don't do the Indigenous voice. Unless you're Indigenous. And if you are, I'm sorry. <laughs> this whole episode was pointless, you know, because you got it full right. If you're Indigenous yourself, but he doesn't sound Indigenous. But then again, what does Indigenous sound like? I haven't got a clue. But it doesn't come out good. You know, the way he quotes Indigenous people. It comes out like he's bunging on a pigeon English voice, you know, because often he's quoting indigenous people for whom English is a second language. And when he reads it out, and clearly English is his first language, um, it sounds like he's making them sound primitive or something. Uh, that's just my, you know, my take on that. Uh, uh, so, well, look, all in all, I'd drop the voices all the time, all together. If I was the narrator of a book like Deep... Time Dreaming, which is about, um, you know, all sorts of groups of Australians, like Indigenous Australians, archaeologists, um, right-wing kind of fascist, <laughs> uh, politicians trying to damn the Franklin, all this sort of stuff, uh, beautiful people uh, trying to save the Franklin, and all those sorts of people, just read the book straight, is what I'd be saying. Don't put on all these voices, because uh, you're on a risk. Of, you know, making, for example, an academic sound more reasonable than he's actually being. Uh, because you love academics so much as a narrator. Big lefty academic you are. You know, I could tell that. I'm a big lefty too, so you know, it takes one to know one. Um, and you run the risk of making sort of the people who are opposing activists out to be less reasonable than they are being. You know, because some people on the other side who want to do what you, you think are terrible things, um, they do have a point sometimes, sometimes, you know. They've got a country to run um, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and you run the risk of insulting Indigenous Australians if you um, try and use an Indigenous voice or quote 
indigenous people verbatim, you know, especially if those people have English as their second language, which a lot of indigenous people do, especially the ones he's quoting, because this is a book on archaeology, and uh, and you've got archaeologists going into remote areas where a lot of indigenous people, you know, speak languages other than English day to day. Yeah, don't go quoting them verbatim in a in an audio book. That's my thought. No. Just read the book straight. Don't put the funny accents on. Um, you know, um, yes, activists. You know, just read it in a neutral way. Don't make out activists to be a saint to be saints. Don't make out anti-activists as being. Um, dunderheaded fools don't make out indigenous people as being uh, the keepers of um, wondrous knowledge um, such as we Europeans couldn't help uh, hope to comprehend because they're so much smarter than us yeah you know indigenous people are just like the rest of us there's some dumb ones there's some smart ones there's some good ones there's some bad ones you know, don't make every indigenous, don't try and make every indigenous person sound like a great sage of the ages, a uh, holder of wondrous knowledge, you know. And um, especially, you know, don't shoot yourself in the foot, uh, is my opinion, um, by, <laughs> whilst you're trying to make indigenous people uh, a, th a thing of awe and wonder, you know, whilst you're trying to be so reverential, about indigenous people don't um in my opinion don't um don't try and bung on a, an indigenous voice when you're quoting them because you, you know, when you do i think you come across sounding like uh, kevin bloody wilson taking the piss i think that episode's finished